0: I'm talking to Maria Gallagher, author of Joyful Encounters with Mary, A Woman's Guide to Living the Mysteries of the Rosary. Maria, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thanks
2: for having me. This is quite an honor. It's
0: greatly appreciated. Talk to me about your walk with Christ and the Blessed Mother. Were you a cradle Catholic?
2: I was a cradle Catholic. In fact, I was named for the Blessed Mother. I was also named for Maria in the Sound of Music. So that's where the Maria comes from. Um, But uh, I was actually um, baptized uh, on my parents' one-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So um, I was uh, a Catholic from the get-go. My parents were both um, Catholics. My mother had actually led my father back into the full practice of his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, he had not been going to church, and and my mother, being the fervent Catholic that she was, uh, convinced him to go back to church. and And for the time that I knew him, mm-hmm. he was a faithful churchgoer, and uh, it was it was wonderful to see. And uh, my mother was very insistent on sending me to Catholic schools, um, so I went to Catholic schools for much of my education, spent a couple of years in public schools, but mostly Catholic schools. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I was so very fortunate um, to receive the sacraments when I was growing up, um, to receive the Holy Eucharist when I was in second grade. Um, Back then, we had our confession after we had received our first Holy Communion. So Mm -hmm. I received um, the Sacrament of Reconciliation when I was in fourth grade, and then I was confirmed in ninth grade. Um, so those were all very special events in my life, and um, I, I credit Mary with uh, leading me closer to Christ uh, during those days, and um, I had a good walk with Jesus and Mary growing up. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when I got to high school, uh, for some reason, I just decided I, I didn't want to go to confession anymore mm-hmm. for no good reason at all. Um, and so then as I went into, um, my early adulthood, um, I was not fully practicing my faith. I, I went to church most Sundays, unfortunately not every Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I did not, um, receive the sacrament of reconciliation for a long time. And then I happened to go to a retreat at my parents' parish and I was just struck by the holiness of the people, the lay people who were involved in this retreat. And on that retreat, I returned to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And um, I've been back ever since. And that's been a tremendous blessing in my life. Um, I also, as a result of that retreat, started praying the rosary more. Um, And then when I started praying the rosary daily, uh, I really noticed a change in my attitudes and, mm-hmm. and in my um, beliefs about the faith and beliefs about church teaching. And some of the church teachings that that I was really uncertain of, um, I grew in my understanding as a result of praying that Holy Rosary every day um, and seeking out um, good reading materials um, such as Pope John Paul II's Gospel of Life. Um, and that convicted me. and. As a result of that, I became involved in the pro-life movement, which has been a um, wonderful, wonderful ministry for me uh, for many years now. And I I tie my Marian spirituality to the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: All right. I think that your your story is one that a number of Catholic women would resonate with. Um, I know that you blog occasionally at CatholicMom.com. Is that a community of kind of the like-minded along those lines, do you think?
2: I think that there are a lot of us who grew up in a certain time Mm. in America. And unfortunately, a a lot of things were changing. And a result of those changes, um, we became confused about um, our faith and Mm. about the practice of our faith. And through outlets such as Catholicmom.com, I think we're able to educate ourselves about the faith. And um, it's it's really a mix of women of all different ages, Mm -hmm. stages of life, Um, And and some men too, right, CatholicMom.com, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of us are converts, some of us are cradle Catholics, but we all share this longing Mm -hmm. to be closer to Jesus and to be closer to Mary. Mm -hmm. And through CatholicMom.com, we're able to have a community of believers who Mm -hmm. are heading in that direction. Um, We hope toward heaven.
0: Yeah. And and it seems very important in this I think perennially, but certainly in today's world of a certain amount of feminism and a healthy focus on women's dignity, a healthy focus on women's rights as well, as John Paul talked about in Mulier's Dignitatum and some of the letter to women, that sort of thing, that it's that women are able to, to share the faith, to listen to Jesus and Mary, to listen to the church, and then to share that with each other uh, so that it is it is a community of faithful Catholic women Not just hearing from the pulpit, but also sharing with each other. Um, And in some ways, I think your book is very much in that tradition, both you as a woman sharing your faith, but also uh, listening to the Blessed Mother, being with the Blessed Mother in the Joyful Mysteries. So how did the Blessed Mother find such a special place in your heart?
2: Well, I, I think it came from the very beginning. Um, I knew that I had been named in honor of the Blessed Mother, and I knew she was my patron saint growing up. Um, I was very insistent in the first grade when we had a parade of saints that I'd be dressed as the Blessed Mother. And mm-hmm. so my mother made me a costume so that I could achieve that little dream of mine. Um, and, and so I grew up knowing that Mary was my spiritual mother in heaven. And my own mother had a great devotion to Our Lady. Um, And I I recall growing up, um, the rosary was constantly in my mother's hands. Um, She was constantly praying the rosary. And uh, I picked up the habit when I was a little girl. I would pray um, constantly for my father because um, he had some difficulty uh, with his employment. And he also worked for a time for a public agency that had trouble meeting their payroll. Mm-hmm. And I would pray every Friday the Holy Rosary for the intention that my dad would make the payroll. And believe it or not, every week he was able to make the payroll. Mm-hmm. So that was a little miracle that I experienced when I was uh, a young girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, I always turned to the Rosary in times of difficulty. I recall that um, I had an uncle who was in poor health and I prayed the rosary for him and he rallied. I remember um, when my grandma Hazel was ill, praying two rosaries a day for her when she was in the hospital. And I I felt comfort and peace knowing that Mary was looking out for my loved ones. Mm -hmm. And it's a habit that I passed on to my daughter. Uh, I made sure when she was very young that we would pray the rosary every night when we were together. Um, and we would dedicate a decade for um, each member of our extended family. Um, and I remember in her little voice saying this one's for aunt Rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really heartwarming. Um, and I just have felt an affinity to the blessed mother um, throughout my whole life. And um, I, I, really felt that closeness with her when I decided to uh, consecrate myself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And it was a few years after that, that I made a Curcio weekend. Um, Curcio is a lay run movement in the Catholic faith, um, which helps people to experience the love of Jesus in a whole new way in their lives and to share their um, piety study and action with other believers Mm -hmm. and i really and truly believe that mary led me to that curcio and through that curcio i met so many faith-filled women who have taught me so much about catholicism about life about motherhood and i was inspired by them to write my book
0: that's great it's always helpful when a book arises out of as the fruit of prayer and devotion or, or retreat experience like that. It's a good sign for the contents. So share with our listeners the thesis statement for your book.
2: Well, my book is about achieving joy in life through a stronger relationship with the Blessed Mother by seeing how our lives imitate the life of the Blessed Mother through the joyful mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary. Okay and i started with the joyful mysteries because they're the first mysteries of the rosary and also i often felt a kinship to mary when i was praying the joyful mysteries Mm -hmm. i think that as a mother in particular i felt closeness to her uh, with the annunciation with the visitation and with the Mm -hmm. nativity Um, and then later with the presentation of our lord jesus in the temple and then the finding of our lord jesus in the temple Um, And I felt like um, that was an experience that wasn't just mine alone. I felt that other women shared that experience and that the more they could see the relationship between their lives and the life of the Blessed Mother, the closer they could become to the Blessed Mother, and in turn, the closer they could become to Jesus. And I really also felt that there was a shortage of joy in society um and by joy i don't mean fleeting happiness i mean we can be happy with a promotion at work or happy Mm -hmm. when our book is sold (laughs) there are many reasons for happiness but i think that lasting joy that feeling of peace Mm -hmm. that comes from walking with jesus and mary is just incomparable and i wanted to share that with other people especially during the pandemic i actually wrote the book During the lockdown phase of the pandemic, where in the state in which I live, um, I couldn't go anywhere but to the grocery store and back. The Mm -hmm. churches were closed, department stores were closed, restaurants were closed, um, and so I really didn't have the opportunities that I had in the past to be out and about. And I thought to myself, you know, this is the perfect time to buckle down and write Mm -hmm. And uh, through prayer, I had decided that I wanted to write about the rosary, and I wanted to write about living the mysteries of the rosary. Mm -hmm. And that's how the idea for the book began. And it just blossomed from there. And I I wanted people also to see how the saints uh, had experienced the Blessed Mother Mm -hmm. in their lives. Um, And I wanted people to also experience the virtues that we associate with praying the joyful mysteries of the rosary, things like humility and mm-hmm. generosity. And I decided to tie that all together into a book. And um, I actually, the story is that I submitted it to two publishers who rejected me right away, hmm. but said I should consider another publisher. Yeah, And I decided, you know what? I'm going to try Marion Press um, and it, it seemed appropriate because this was a story about the Blessed Mother and me. Mm-hmm. And um, sure enough, it, it's worked out that I think according to God's plan.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, and I, I think that there's something especially appropriate about in the midst of COVID and some of the hardest of times you focused on the joyful mysteries that you allowed Our Lady's joy kind of to enter into your own heart, but also then through this book, hopefully to enter into the hearts of your readers as well.
2: Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, out of that darkness, there came a light to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that um, in my circle of friends, we really missed each other yeah. during COVID. And so what we ended up doing and, and I talk about this in the book is that um, we decided to form a prayer group through um, video conferencing. Mm -hmm. And we would pray actually three times a day. Um, We would pray uh, a morning rosary. We would pray a divine mercy chaplet in the afternoon. And then we would Mm -hmm. pray night prayers uh, in the evening, which included various novenas. And as a result of that, We became closer than we've ever been before Mm -hmm. and to the point where um, many of us have kept up that devotion, even after the lockdown phase of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. Um, we still get together usually at least once a day and and pray together Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so powerful and so moving And one of the things that we pray for is, um, we pray for pregnant women. Hmm. Um, and after the babies are born, we, we pray for the babies, uh, in their first year of life. And it's been so joyous to see the pictures of the babies that we have prayed into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has been a, a, source of absolute joy for us all. Um, and I think that, um, it, you know, the old saying is the family that prays together stays together. And mm-hmm. I think it's true of friends as well. If yeah. you pray with your friends, you'll stay with your friends. Yep, yeah.
0: that's a brilliant insight and one that I don't think that people talk about nearly enough. So, so expand on that a little bit. Why should Catholics make time for the rosary? What does the rosary mean to you?
2: Well, I think the rosary is a lifeline. It's a lifeline to the Blessed Mother and to Jesus and it's a uh, meditative prayer where we can draw into the mysteries of the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we can draw closer to her and ultimately closer to God. Um, and I think that contemplating the mysteries helps us to understand better um, the tremendous strength and courage and fortitude of our lady. Mm-hmm and the virtues that we should imitate in our own lives. And I think that the rosary is a powerful weapon against uh, discouragement Hmm. and against the many challenges and temptations that we face in life. Um, The rosary can be our strength in times of tremendous difficulty. Um, It's a solace to us uh, when things are in turmoil Um, I always found when I was a young girl that praying the rosary gave me a tremendous sense of peace and peace was hard to come by when I was growing up because, um, of my father's situation with his jobs, Mm -hmm. there was a great deal of uncertainty. And I always knew that God was my ultimate provider because Mm. there's no way that we would have survived without God's help during those trying times and praying the rosary helped me to understand better that God was in charge Mm -hmm. and that Mary was looking out for us. And then in the end, everything was going to be okay.
0: It sounds like that really helped prepare you for these last two years of pandemic.
2: I, I really think that it did because I had more of a A feeling of optimism, I think, than a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that in the end, what really mattered was my relationship with God Mm -hmm. and with um, my neighbors. And um, that it it didn't matter if I couldn't go here or couldn't go there. And uh, it didn't matter whatever struggles that I was facing, that in the end, I could count on God's help And um, that he would see me through. And so whereas other people might have been anxious, I really wasn't. I knew in my heart that uh, we would get through this um, because God was going to provide a lifeline for us. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that coupled with the prayers that I was able to say with my friends um, really gave me a lot of peace during the pandemic.
0: That's a great testimony. Um, but let me play devil's advocate for just a moment. People are so busy these days. How can modern day Catholics make time for a 20 minute prayer, like the rosary?
2: Actually, I've been writing about this Mm -hmm. and and I don't know if this will ever become a book, but I've been contemplating how people who are busy can make time for prayer. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I think is very important is to prioritize prayer, And that might mean actually scheduling it in your day. I know my boss hands me a schedule every week with all of his commitments during the day. Well, I think that we have to do that with our prayer time. We actually have to schedule it. And you're the best judge of what will work for you. I know for me, I'm a morning person at this point in my life. um, And so I pray the rosary in the morning And it gets my day off to a great start. And I'm putting everything in the Blessed Mother's hands. Um, Other people might find that their lunch break would be a good time to pray. Or they may find that the commute home is the perfect time to pray. Um, I have a friend who prays the rosary while he's running. He's an avid runner. And that's his best time. I have friends who do rosary walks and um that's their best time to pray so i think that you have to make the prayer a priority and then everything else can fall into place you know you make god your master scheduler Mm -hmm. and somehow he works things out so that you have more time than you realize you would have had otherwise
0: Mm -hmm. And, and it's a way of inviting our lady to just be part of our lives isn't it and and somehow Somehow that seems to make a difference for me, at least. I don't know what what you would say about why is it important to to have Our Lady as part of your daily life.
2: Well, I think that we all need a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading a book right now about um, a, a young man who unfortunately uh, came from a broken home, and he did not have a good relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, you know what he's somebody who could really benefit from a relationship with our lady um, because she is the ultimate mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she mothered the uh, savior of the world, and certainly she can mother us. Mm-hmm. And um, she bestows tremendous graces and blessings upon her children. Yep. And she loves us so much. And I like to say that um, in my book, I try to reach out to people who may have had a difficult relationship with their own mothers Mm -hmm. and say to them, Hey, you can basically start over again with the blessed mother. You know, she is perfection and she is going to just, um, just give you so much love and grace and affection. Mm -hmm. And she is not angry with you. She's not upset with you. She just wants to love you on this earth. And she wants to love you into heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, with her as our guide and our protection, there's so many wonderful things we can accomplish in life. Um, There are many uh, promises that are associated with the rosary. And um, one of the promises, I believe, is that... um, you will find um, grace in, in the, the different um, ministries or, or, or different outreach uh, opportunities that you pursue. And it's, it's that special help that Mary provides that, that leads you. And I know as somebody who works full-time in the pro-life movement, I need Mary's help constantly. I mean, Mary is the mother of all those precious children in the womb Mm -hmm. and the precious mothers and fathers. And Mary is the bedrock of the family. And it is through her intercession that miracles can happen. And I see them every day in the pro-life movement. I see babies Mm -hmm. who uh, are very endangered and suddenly have a new chance at life because of the intercession of the blessed mother. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm a believer in the blessed mother.
0: Do you have any special stories of graces that you've seen from our lady in your own, in your own, um, I was going to say work as a mother, but life as Mm -hmm. a mother, that relationship specifically.
2: Yes. Um, I can, I can think of several instances when, when I really felt Mary's lead. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working in Ohio, uh, in the pro-life movement and I had seen a, an advertisement for a job in Pennsylvania, uh, for a, pro-life institution. And I thought to myself, I don't know if this is the right move or not. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't know anybody there, but I think I am qualified for the job. So I applied for the job and um, lo and behold uh, I got the job and I had to move um, myself and, and my uh, daughter's belongings to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on my way Uh, friends of mine had packed up a U-Haul trailer for me and had the trailer on the back of my car. And I just crossed into Pennsylvania when I had a flat tire on the trailer. And I I didn't really know what to do except Mm -hmm. to call the company that provided the trailer. And lo and behold, I got assistance on the roadway and it only delayed my trip by a day. Um, But I really felt like something special was waiting for me in Pennsylvania. And as it turned out, um, I work with a lovely group of people. And I just saw many, many blessings in my life after the move. That's when I made my Garcia weekend. That's when I made many of my friendships that I hold near and dear to my heart now. And uh, it was a wonderful new start to my life. And I really feel Mary's hand in that. I really do. Um, And uh, I know um, at one point in my life, a a very scary part was when um, my daughter went missing for a a time. Mm -hmm. And it was through the blessed mother's intervention. I believe that I found out exactly where my daughter was. Mm -hmm. And I, I, had that tremendous feeling of joy knowing that I knew where she was Mm -hmm. and that she was not lost anymore. And I credit all of that to Mary. And I credit this book that I wrote to Mary. I I don't think that I would have been able to have written a single word Mm -hmm. without Mary's help.
0: Now talk to me a bit about that, about the connection between not just writing, but work more generally and prayer the Benedictines have the ancient phrase, aura et labora, of work and yes. prayer. Um, but but I think that a lot of us don't really have time to separate the two. How does Our Lady and her Rosary, Meditation on the Mysteries, how does that pondering spirituality help us to, to turn our work into prayer?
2: That's a very good question. And I think that um, it all starts, for me, um, with uh, the morning offering that I do to Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I offer all of my prayers, works and sacrifices that day to her, um, to give to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps to orient my day. And I think that doing that daily rosary also helps to provide a compass to the day so that, you know, which direction you should be heading in. Um, and Mary blesses our work. She really does. And, she expands our work and our work has much greater reach as a result of Mary's intervention. Um, And the more that we dedicate our work to Mary, I think the more that we can see it blossom. Um, And it doesn't matter what kind of work you're involved in. I mean, I happen to work uh, in pro-life advocacy, but um, you could work at, at various professions um, teaching, nursing, um, all sorts of things. And when you dedicate those to Mary, I think you see the the fruits uh, almost immediately. And it turns your work into a type of prayer. Now, I firmly believe that you need time for prayer aside from work. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you can just say, my work is a prayer. I think that um, you need that reflection time. Um, but I do think that, um, through the intercession of Mary, you can see your work expand and you see um, tremendous blessings as a result. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if in my pro-life advocacy, I have saved a single life. I, mm-hmm. I really don't know that, but I know I have helped other people save yeah. lives. I hear the stories coming back mm-hmm. about how somebody saw a fetal model mm-hmm. at a fair and that fetal model was given to a pregnant woman who decided to cancel her abortion appointment as mm-hmm. a result of seeing that. Yep. We hear those stories all the time. We have a comprehensive list of pregnancy centers and we direct women to those centers when they're facing challenging circumstances. And the women go to those centers and they find the support that they need mm-hmm. for themselves and their babies. And it's, it's tremendous to see that hand of Mary throughout the day and throughout the week and throughout the month and throughout the year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, it's just expanded so much. When, when I came to Pennsylvania, I had no clue that I would eventually be writing for a national audience. I write for National Right to Late News today, and I write for Life News today.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I write for Catholic Mom as well. And, and I had no clue that, that was going to be my lot in life i mean i thought that i had mm-hmm. left journalism behind Oof. and that i i really wouldn't be communicating with a very big audience and mm-hmm. here i believe through the intercession of mary i actually expanded my audience mm-hmm.
0: that's that's an an interesting an interesting way of approaching that let me let me draw then from your your pro-life work and again to kind of play devil's advocate Mary is perfect. The Blessed Virgin Mary is is immaculate. She is the greatest of all of us. She is so close to God. Um, she was living in such a different time when she was on Earth in the first century in the Middle East. How can she be a model for modern day women, many of whom have left the faith or are returning after secular life, women who have had abortions, women who have who who may feel very far from her. How can how can she be a model? for women today?
2: That's an excellent question. And I think that it's because Mary transcends time. And I think that she, in her humility, always points us to Jesus. And through imitating her virtues, we can become more like Christ, which is our ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, um, you know, Mary had a tremendous strength that I I don't think a lot of people talk about or think about. And I think that that can be a role model for women of today. You know, she faced tremendous struggles in her life. She faced um, possible condemnation for being an unwed mother. Mm -hmm. Um, She faced um, the, the terrible ordeal of seeing her own son crucified. Mm -hmm. Um, She was given the task of being mother to us all at the cross. Mm -hmm. So Mary has a lot of staying power Mm -hmm. and she is a fighter and she fights for us. And I I think that that um, image is, is often overlooked. I think people think of her as being meek and mm-hmm. mild-mannered, and, and certainly she was a grace-filled woman, don't get me wrong, but she was also a fighter for us all, and mm-hmm. she continues to be. And I think that Mary had that unique feminine genius mm-hmm. that Pope John Paul II talked about. And I, I like to, to think about that and to think about the fact that as women, we have a distinct role in society Mm -hmm. Um, to keep humanity from falling
1: Um,
2: and that uh, we can turn to Mary for comfort and for guidance um, in all aspects of our life, but particularly as mothers. I think we had that kinship to Mary. Um, Mary understands what it's like to see your child suffer. Mary understands what it's like to be separated from your child. These are all things that Mary endured Mm -hmm. So that we might be able to uh, achieve heaven, yeah. and I think that there's great power and grace and mercy in that.
0: I like I like the emphases you put there. I find that I find that really interesting as I'm thinking about it. That, seen from the outside looking in, she would have been seen as a woman who was pregnant under questionable circumstances. That she was a, a refugee. Pius the Twelfth tells us when the Holy Family fled to Egypt that she was the mother of a man who was arrested by the authorities. She was the mother of a criminal. She was the mother of someone who was imprisoned, who was executed even given the death penalty. That's a it's a different way of looking at her. I'm, I'm so used to seeing her from kind of pious lenses that I don't really think about how kind of the world would have seen her.
2: Absolutely. I mean, she, she was, in her way, she was very tough. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you couldn't be a, um, a, a shrinking rose and, and do what Mary did. Yeah. I mean, she, she didn't fall apart. Hmm. You know, she was there when the men had scattered, right. Yeah. At the crucifixion, she was, she was still hanging in there and she did not worry about the, what the world had to say about her or think about her. Hmm. She was focused on what God wanted hmm. and what, was best for her son and for the rest of humanity. And so she was um, a a wonderful role model in her obedience and in her trust. I think Mm -hmm. we all have to learn lessons of trust in this life. We have to learn to trust God and who better to provide that lesson than the blessed mother.
0: That's, That's a fascinating point that she combines tenderness and strength that delicacy and that ability to endure. Um, What do you think that sort of tells us about women overall, her being the model woman?
2: I think that women are a lot stronger than our society gives them credit for. Mm -hmm. I think that, for instance, the abortion industry would have you believe that women are very weak and they Mm -hmm. cannot handle the demands of motherhood Mm -hmm. um, for various reasons. But Mary and the church teach us that, no, women are strong. They can mm-hmm. handle that. Um, they're they're strong enough to be able to give birth, um, which is one of the greatest things that can happen to you in life. And they're strong enough to care for their children. Or in some situations, they have the courage and the strength to place their children for adoption, mm-hmm. knowing that that's the best option for their children. Um, and I think that uh, we can learn a lot from Mary and the way she approached life Mm -hmm. and, um, the, the fact that, um, women, um, are in effect, um, both the, the rose and, um, the, the grit, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're both the heaven and the earth. Um, they have a sense of, um, softness at times, but also A sense of toughness. Mm -hmm. And I think that I saw that in my own mother. I mean, she was a very, very strong woman Mm -hmm. up to the very end. And she fought for her life when cancer was uh, eating away at her body. Mm -hmm. And she still showed tremendous strength and tremendous grace Mm -hmm. in that situation. And it would have been very easy for her to have given up and she did not. She wanted every moment of life she could have Um, particularly for her daughters. Um, And so I think that uh, in the way that my mother modeled Mary for me, I hope to model Mary for my daughter and for other women.
0: And I think you've been sharing some of these, but given that the book is written in in a way that is kind of specifically for women, what insights would you say in the book are really important for men to hear as well, for men to be Familiar with?
2: I think that men need to understand that the rosary is not just a female prayer; mm-hmm. that it is applicable to both men and women, and that men can draw a lot of uh, wisdom and understanding by contemplating the life of Mary. And perhaps they can um, glean some better understanding of the women in their lives as a result of contemplating Mary's life. Maybe they can understand their mothers better and. And their wives better, and their daughters better, mm. um, and I think that the best men are really encouragers and supporters of women. I know that my father was a great encourager of his daughters, mm. and he told us there there's nothing that you can't do without God's help, um, and we really believe that, and um, we we took that to heart, and I think that um, that encouraging spirit. Um, really lit a fire under me. And I'm so grateful um, to the many men in my life who have basically modeled Joseph Mm -hmm. um, and who have shown that that strength. Um, And they can learn a lot by contemplating the joyful mysteries of the rosary. Okay.
0: And last question, what is your favorite title of Our Lady and why?
2: I think my favorite title of Our Lady is Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, because she is the patroness of the pro-life movement. Mm -hmm. And I have often turned to her for strength and consolation during difficult times. And I think that she is a wonderful role model uh, for women of all ages. And uh, I, I like to think of her in that way.
0: Maria, thanks so much for being willing to share about your book with us. It's greatly appreciated.
2: Thank you so much for your time.
0: Please keep us in prayer. I will. To order Joyful Encounters with Mary, A Woman's Guide to Living the Mysteries of the Rosary, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you.
3: I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.